We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, for a second time, take two, we are here live at Imperial Pizza in South Buffalo, 1035 Abbott Road. I'll do the introductions again, then we're going to get right into... (laughs) What happened? Now, listen, most people who are listening to the show right now, the vast majority have no idea what we're even talking about. Business as usual for the podcast side. If you happen to be watching this live on video, I got a story for you. You take your journey with us tonight. First, the guests. Like I said, most people are listening to the show. To my far left, I got two great guests here today. To my far left, writer, podcaster, sports media personality, I can say this intro in my sleep. I literally do it every week with him. The most recurring guest on this show that I've ever had. My best friend in podcasting, Joe Yurden, and this beautiful, lovely woman to the middle in between us. Spectrum Sports Reporter. Second time on the show. Happy to be First here. First time meeting you in person. Yep. Rachel Altmaier, how are you doing, honey? How I'm are great. you? Great. We crushed some wings. We, we did got a crush full wings. load of fries. Mm-hmm. We've had a good time here for my first time at Imperial. So, so far, it's a pretty great Thursday night. Well, you got, you a, got a literal canoe night. full of fries. Let me way. tell you, yeah, if somebody's watching this video and wondering what the hell just happened a couple minutes ago, <laughs> I, I got to give a quick ver- version of this. So we're here at a corner table, which I do every week here. And there was a lot. I'm not going to criticize a little girl too much. or just a little kid. Maybe little parents. Ugh. Let the kids anyway, play. Okay. There's a table across where this is the whole system is plugged in. Mm-hmm. And about five minutes before we were supposed to go on the air live, um, a little girl unplugged the extension cord, which made the computer, the camera, the light, the the mixer, and everything go out. Yep. Went up to them, or to, to one of the ladies there, and you know, and said, "Please make sure your kid doesn't do this. We're about to do a live show." And she said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So we did our intro just like we just did. Started talking about these great wings here in the which we'll get into again in a minute. Oh, here. We will get into. Those Lo guys. and behold, at about what six, seven minute mark, yeah. Rachel's literally in the middle of telling a story, and what do you know? <laughs> Little kid pulls hey, out the plug. Someone's got to cut me off at some point, so I get it. I get it. <laughs> I guess you really didn't want to hear what you Listen, had to I say. I get it. People have controversial wing opinions. Yeah, I, I guess so. So, so anyway, it's like the guy in airplane just being like, "Oops, sorry." <laughs> so for the people who are watching this, like I said, live stream on video, that's what happened. Um, the plug literally yep. got pulled on this show yep. before it even got cooking. But 
we are back here again. We um we banged out some hot garlic parm, some chevette medium. I've had so many of these, it's hard for me to keep track. What was the third one, Rachel? And Cajun. Cajun, Cajun medium yeah. as well. It was a great variety. I give you credit. I think you picked a trio of very diverse flavors this evening. Mm -hmm. The hot garlic parm to me was just unbeatable. Again, I literally dipped the celery in the extra sauce. <laughs> what about I, you, Joe? I took some of your French fries for the, the, the garlic hot it garlic It was a boatload. Everyone is welcome. It was, well, yeah, I think everybody here is getting fries tonight, sure. too, just based from Rachel. That's nice of you. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. No, I, I got the, uh, my favorite were the Cajun. I'm a sucker for Cajun wings no matter yeah, where. They taste good. And these were awesome. Like, here, like any any place that does it, like mm -hmm. Elmo's everywhere. You, Cajun wings are on the... Sign me up. Let's go. Last time I was here, I'd had the Jamaican jerk wings, which are mm. amazing. Okay. But the only negative thing is that I could smell it in my hands for three days afterwards. <laughs> it stays with it's you. so it's so Stop. good. It's so sticky, rich, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that we were talking about before uh, the stream went out the first time, and I want Rachel to tell her story because I was really <laughs> Joe and I were both oh, interested I'm so in this. Glad. But before we get to that, we were talking about consistency and one of my favorite things about a place like imperial pizza yeah. is despite how busy it gets and when we first you guys first got here tonight you can see how busy this mm -hmm. place was yeah imagine it on a weekend anyway they pop out a lot of food here yeah but they're really consistent like if yeah. you like these wings tonight you're gonna feel the same way about them the week after and the week after that whereas a lot of places and this is what separates good places from great places to me is you know rachel you can go with a friend and you can get wings and you'll be like these are amazing Three weeks later, you go back with somebody else or maybe yeah. that same person and they're mm -hmm. like, they taste nothing yep. alike, you know? So that's one of my favorite things about Imperials. What, what you get tonight, if you like it, you're going to get it every time. The consistency is a hallmark to me in recommending people wing places in this area. You know, mm -hmm. now that I've been here for almost a year next week, it I can't in good faith recommend people to wing places to try and get them outside of the bubble of the mm -hmm. typical, oh, Gabe's Gate is the closest to Key Bank. So, you know, that's what you see coming in the yeah. locker rooms. Mm -hmm. But I can't in good faith recommend places unless they have proved consistency. Sure, and the sure. first way I tested that was after I went on your podcast for the first time, it really exposed me to the depth and breadth of wing opinions around here and just yes. how deep and how various, I, I'm trying to think of more adjectives to just describe the wing market that is <laughs> sure. Buffalo, New York. Yes. So with that being said, a few weeks later, this is in May, I dragged my first friends in Buffalo, and thank God they're still my friends today after this experience, <laughs> on my own wing tour. Not the heavily marketed gentrified wing tour, but the true wing tour of all types of places, chains, holes in the walls, sure. places with reputations to speak of. Okay. And I made us rating cards on Canva. Crunch, flavor, texture, cooked wow. thorough, size, presentation, wow. service. This and is the thorough. Yeah, oh, very. I go hard, Joe. Okay. <laughs> and I take this very seriously. I want to be able to be a Buffalonian that can give a hearty wing recommendation. So with that being said, we set out to over a dozen places in one day. We limited ourselves to one basket of medium per place. And everybody just had a wing or two. That's how you your ratings. Right. And that way you can rate among something consistent. Everybody's got a medium. Not everybody is like Dalmatia Hotel that has peanut butter and jelly wings that are fire, <laughs> right. by the way. <laughs> I cannot emphasize enough how much I've been thinking about those peanut butter and jelly wings for almost 365 days straight. <laughs> but with that being said, that's how I really learned my way around and got to form my own opinions. And I'll tell you what the math said. I did the analytics. Okay. And based on the data, 
my top two favorite wing places that I can now confirm to you are Kelly's Corner okay. and 911 Tavern. There we go. Those to me are above and beyond the best in every single category, flavor, crunch, consistency, service, and 911 really wins on the presentation. That little bowl array, mm-hmm. yep. stunning. See, that proves to me the nerd test and the eye test work in, in sure. concert with yeah. each other. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Yeah. A great thing about – there's a lot of good things about South, South Buffalo. One of the best things, if you like wings, you love 9-11. I yeah. love 9-11 yep. too. I love Imperial. Mm-hmm. And there's one other one, one of my, Doc Sullivan's. Mm-hmm. They're all within like five minutes yeah, of I each other. Yeah, on the way Literally. Here. The, mm-hmm. I mean, th- this place is a really good uh, – Yeah community for wings you know before we start talking about some bills and sabers stuff because this is fresh in my mind what happened during this first he's traumatized i got you you're on tv constantly you've done a lot of radio you've done a lot of tv hits and stuff like that yourself joe have you ever been what happens when you get rattled like when something beyond your control happens like that like i'm thinking in my mind you know i have bullet points what we're going to talk about and stuff but you know even though I'm experienced at doing this, I've been doing this for five years, but still that's uh-huh. something that doesn't happen often. Yeah. How do you handle being rattled? Cause you're going to get rattled. If you're on TV and up yeah. on the air, something's going to happen. Or Joel, oh, yeah. like I said, you're on the radio. Something happens. How do you handle getting rattled when something like that unexpected happens? It's definitely happened to me before. Um, especially in my time in Wisconsin, uh, I did cover the 2020 general presidential election mm-hmm. and I reported live from lots of rallies um even solo as an mmj so Mm. we could talk about the dangers of that in general but above and beyond um i remember reporting live from a post office rally to save the postal service Mm. and what that was going on in the heat of the election cycle and it's a moving rally there's only so many things you could do cars coming and it's hard to focus on bullet points with things like that or times Mm. i've had to cover political rallies and really anything can happen at these sort of events yeah it's not far off from when you're at an arena and there's drunk fans. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you know, and I don't think it's happened in Buffalo for a while, but you see scenes like UMass or Gonzaga where there's riots, stuff like that. It's, yeah. You have to treat every environment like it could be volatile. So the way I get mm-hmm. through that is planning. You know what? This actually reminds me of nerd alert here. Okay. Devin Levi's goaltending theory. Hear me out. It's a stretch, but we're going to make it there. All right, let's go. Some fun facts for you all. Devin Levi, newest Sabres goaltender, is very big on getting his work in during the week as he shifts from an NCAA to an NHL schedule Mm -hmm. so that when it comes to game day, he doesn't have to do any more prep. It's instinctual. He's very big into the muscle memory of things, both Mm -hmm. mentally and physically, so that he builds the sleep, does everything so thoroughly in the week that he wakes up game day, doesn't have to repeat any of that, that it's born basically into him instinctually. Mm -hmm. That is how I treat live events and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, that I do so much over the top prep work Mm -hmm. in terms of safety planning, in terms of the bullet points, in terms of where any single conversation could go, in terms of what's the worst thing that could happen to be able to plan. Now, don't be as psycho as me. That's not good for you. (laughs) But I will tell you, nothing bad's happened yet. So as long as you can kind of keep it within bounds, anything makes it on TV these days. Sure. Where are you, Joe? Like doing videos, podcasting, stuff. There's got to be a point of time where maybe you completely stumbled over something that a point that you wanted to make, and it's probably sitting in your head while you're trying to get through whatever it is that you're talking about. Like, how do you handle that moment where you get rattled? It's uh, it can be tough. Um, I've done enough live hits for NHL Network in the past where they used to do 
stuff where you'd stand in the penalty box. Mm-hmm. Zamboni's still going around. Oh, the you got ice. the big headset on. The big headset Heck, on. Yeah. <laughs> the cameras hang- dangling from underneath the scoreboard. Yep, so sky you're cam. Just, you're like, uh, hey guys, <laughs> this is weird. And then any number of things could happen. They could test the horns. They could test the PA. And you're trying to make a point. And there's and you're like, oh, okay, all right, cool. Or the zamboni just slowly rolls in front of you, and you're like, neat guys, cool. This is this is great. But it's like you have to just zone in, mm-hmm. listen to what the people are saying on the headset when they say, okay, here's the question, go, say your answer, just go with it, and just put everything else out of mind. And then when you stop talking, and then they start talking, you can be like. I can't believe that Zamboni just went by in front of me. Are you kidding me? This stuff this is <laughs> yeah. stupid. Or like, yeah. you know, guys in the bench are throwing pucks out on the ice, get ready for warm-ups or something. Mm-hmm. It can be a lot. But yeah, it's 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 a mind over matter thing. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to like zone in and focus, or else you're gonna wind up on like live stream fails or <laughs> you know, any kind of stuff. No, we don't need like, to no, even please. throw that out there. Nobody's failing here. <laughs> no, 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 nobody's failing here. No, you guys are professionals. You, you guys are talking about four, five more serious issues. I'm talking about a little four-year-old girl running around. Hey, Imperial <laughs> Pizza. It's the biggest stage of South Buffalo. Hey, I guess you never know what's gonna happen when you're here at Imperial Pizza. Before we get into any like Sabres or Bills stuff. I, obviously, I, I know Joe's a big baseball fan and the Yankees fan specifically. Are, are, are you are you a baseball girl? Hey, 2004 is a great time for me. I very much remember that Red Sox World Series, like jumping Uh-oh. up and down on my mom's That's bed. That's right. I That's forgot how about I this. was raised. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, I got the days of uke. That sounds like uko these days. It's it's getting messy. Right, Rachel. Tell tell the good people at home how old you were in 2004. Oh, in 2004, I was yeah. eight years old. There we go. <laughs> I was eight there we go. Yeah. 96, baby. So, Where, where's my walker? <laughs> Listen, I, I will hook it up. If that's what you need, I'll make sure you get onto the ice safely. Thank you. It's fine. So I, I did grow up. I enjoyed baseball very much. But I will also say this as someone that is deeply engrossed in hockey, opening day sneaks up on me every year. I'm never truly ready for baseball until maybe Memorial Day weekend. I'm really never ready for it. I'm so glad everyone is enjoying today. Yeah. But um. Yeah, we were at the rink today. I, I know you guys were at the rink today. I was going to ask you that, Joe. You know, um, again, I know you're a big baseball fan, but as yeah. we've gotten older and life gets yeah. in the way, and, yeah. you know, work, and now you life. guys, like you said, you're literally yeah. covering the Sabres on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, today, opening day is a big deal. By the way, shout out New York Yankees. Right. Shout out win. Garrett Cole, 11 strikeouts. Aaron Judge goes deep on his first uh, at-bat of the year. You're welcome, Rachel. No, thanks. <laughs> but, thanks. But seriously, I, I, again, opening day aside, because that's a big deal, but do you feel yeah. like your baseball fandom, does it wane a little bit because of, like I said, just so many other things going on in life? Are you still completely locked in? I I'm not as locked in as I used to be. Though. Yeah, I think that goes for almost everything. Because because you start working in sports, mm-hmm. you get locked in on that sport. So sure. a lot of stuff gets kind of moved to the background. Yeah. I think it's why the NFL ends up being perfect. Because it's one day a week, mm-hmm. sometimes two. And you and it's a day you're not doing work. Sure, It's a day where you can right. just kind of like chill out. It's easy to be a fan <laughs> still and consume right. it. Exactly. Or it's a weekday night. Mm-hmm. Nobody's, I mean, unless, you know, you're unfortunate enough to have to work at nights or something. Like, you got you, Thursday night. Well, probably want to ignore Thursday night games anyways. They stink. <laughs> but, uh, but like, Sundays, Sunday afternoons, Sunday nights, whatever. Like, it's you're free to go. You can be a fan. Mm-hmm. But, like, baseball, it's literally every day. Yeah, right. And, like, if you just want to be like, you know, watch a game today. Oh, I missed out. I was like, well, another one tomorrow. I'll catch that one. Certainly can't tell after just one day. But I think one problem with baseball has always been the, the, the games just drag out. Oh, yeah. And now, it is such a time consumer. And they're speeding them up. Like today's Yankee game. And again, this is just one day. So we'll wait and see. But 
two hours and 33 minutes. Now the games are going a little bit quicker now. Feels like a hockey game. Yeah, right. I love that. So, yeah. Yeah, how, same, how same amount of time, honestly. <laughs> Do you feel like it's not just a fad, like maybe speeding the game up and making the experience might bring in some more fans who maybe don't watch baseball because, again, it's a three, three and a half, four hour, sometimes without even extra innings, it'll go three and a half hours. It's, you know? uh, it, it's fascinating because, like, uh, all during spring training, people were like, I hate the pitch the clock. Pitch this clock. is stupid. We're just giving guys strikes and balls. I hate this. I like I'm that like, voice. It's the dumb, it's yeah, the yeah. dumb sports fan mm -hmm. voice. It's a, it's a maintenance day special. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, Cross promo. <laughs> it is. But it's, um, it, it, it's a thing where I, I'm like, people are like not familiar with it because they don't yeah. watch minor league ball. Right. And it's been a thing in the minors for like the last what, three, four, yep. five seasons, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And I'm like, guys, once you have the experience, you're going to be like, why weren't we doing this right. 50 years ago? Because it's, it takes care of all the BS. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of times some hardcore baseball fans will be like, no, I like it when it takes mm -hmm. time. You can just like turn your brain off and, and like mm -hmm. go. It's like having something on in the background, which I appreciate 100%. But I'm watching a game. I'm there to see the game. Yeah. I can still have my beers and hot dogs right. in two and your a half hours. Your experience is the to, same. Right. As opposed to four and a half hours. Yeah. For a nine-inning Red Sox-Yankees game, mm -hmm. which is but I mean we time. love those, so do we? Yeah, I don't know what we do. I usually have a great time. Well, enough beer and hot dogs, and it's great. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, Fenway Frank and a beer for like forty bucks. <laughs> for only forty bucks there, it's probably fifty. It's second mortgage at probably Yankee 50. Stadium. But. The way I look at things like the pitch clock and these developments is, it reminds me of I grew up. Maybe the new, only New England family that watched NASCAR, okay? I grew up, I watched NASCAR. <laughs> I first watched it when, when it was the Winston Cup Series in the mm -hmm. 90s, the Nextel. Like, I've been through the generations of this. Yeah. And over the past few years, NASCAR has made up a lot of adjustments to especially the TV product, mm. making stages for races in the way and playoff formats. It's just, it's a way of making it more digestible to mm. the average consumer. And I sometimes look at sports like this, even though baseball is such a global phenomenon, the power of the television product ultimately means you have to make it more digestible yeah. to different people because baseball isn't always accessible to everyone. So when it is in some form, it's two and a half hours is more digestible to the average yeah. person than four and a half, even if we want to be purists about the sport. That's the direction that I feel ultimately yeah. everything is going in. I say playoff games now. You don't have to sweat. Like a playoff game can start at 8 o'clock. Yeah. It's going to be over by 1030. Right, right. Like every every news station, and I'm sure you're 100% about this. Like, yep. <laughs> if that can game can get over before right. the 11 o'clock news, it's a godsend. And everything can go godsend. on time. You love to right. see it. Oh, there are so many instances depending on what affiliate you work for. Sunday Night Football. We wouldn't go on yeah. air till 1 a.m. sometimes. Well, March Madness has got certain stations screwed. It, it's mm. tough to have to build as a lo as local news to have to build around national programming and sports. While I love it, I know my local news parts are like, why is this game going so long? It's it's a terrible thing. They have thing so many timeouts. Yeah, well, Stupid. You know, let the boys breathe. Yeah, right. Okay. You, you bring up, you know, growing up a, a fan of Boston sports mm -hmm. teams. And, and we talked about this oh, last did. year a little bit. But that was a I long time ago. Maybe some people might not have seen that episode. <laughs> and this is not a. And honestly, this is more jealous than criticism. It, it, I could take it. It's I'm not a criticism at all, but you feel growing up your age and growing up around these teams in Boston that were so good, so young, yeah. almost like a little bit spoiled. Oh, growing I'm so up and spoiled. having these, all these teams being so good, and yeah. then you come I have now the best eventually. Childhood in the world. Yeah, no, you, that's what it is. And I, it's funny because that type of conversation has sparked a lot of moments with my local friends 
even when I look at Bruin Sabres moments of years mm. past, it wasn't until Ryan Miller night this year yeah. that Lance Lasowski tweeted he saw a Milan Lucic sign saying, like, we will never forget Milan Lucic. Mm -hmm. And that just triggered a brainwave in me that has not been opened up in 12 years and it was november 2011 i believe that yes. lucic obviously Steam open ice yeah. hit ryan miller whatever it is and my experience watching that on tv 500 miles away was so very different than people here watching that on tv mm -hmm. and it's just moments like that really make me think not only of my childhood with gratitude for being able to have these memories and parades and such like that but it is, I hate to be cheesy, it reminds me of why I got in this. I got in this because I saw the standard of what fans demand sure. in, in sports coverage of their athletes and yep. what the pinnacle of success in dynasties can look like. Mm -hmm. And that covers everything, all sorts of content. I consumed everything growing up. That was back when Barstool was just a Boston sports blog yep. and co coming up from the ground roots. So when you think about these things, it, it really does, in a sappy way, remind me of this is what got me into this in the first place but yeah i'm spoiled rotten is the point <laughs> yeah oh yeah was it a little uh you know did it take an adjustment kind of getting to know buffalo sports fans i mean obviously you're recovering teams now just seeing the angst the suffering that that what they would do to just win one championship you know what i'm saying sometimes i've had conversations with friends and i've been like yeah but you got this or whatever and it's just it's just not the same yeah it's just sure. not an experience i respect that experience and those emotions more than anything. But it, to me, the unifying experience that I've had is, you know, growing up in Boston, covering the Packers and Wisconsin sports. And now here I am fortunate enough to say I've always worked in markets with extremely diehard fan bases. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the most gratifying of all because people care about what we're doing. Yeah. No matter what people care about your podcast every week, people care about what's being said about these teams, what's being analyzed, everything. And that is, is such a unifying factor. I mean, mm -hmm. that that's why sports coverage matters so much. It's politics yep. without hurting anybody. At yeah. the end of the day is how I see it. Yeah. So to me, that's how I got to know Buffalo fans the best is they care so much. Their experience coming up might have been different than mine. And it's maybe motivated differently because of so many years of angst. For both of you who are not or did not grow up a fan in the Buffalo Sabres, Joe is a noted yeah. Red Wings fan. That's right. So Sorry. Boston fans, do you feel like the job's a little bit easier because it, it's natural. Like, so there's a lot of Buffalo based reporters right now yep. who cover Buffalo teams for a living and they've done a good job, but it's a process for them to kind of remove that fandom that they grew up watching. Yeah. They do, but it's a process. Yeah. Whereas you guys who are, are covering just, we'll stick with the Sabres right now. Mm -hmm. Neither you grew up a fan of the Sabres. Right. It's, it's, it's much easier for you to remove the, the emotion mm -hmm. of covering a team because yeah. of that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I grew up. Sabres games started becoming pretty regular in the Albany area on cable when the MSG deal at some point altered. And then suddenly Sabres games were getting priority over Rangers games Ooh. on MSG. And it was like, wow, how yeah. is this happening? This yeah. is weird. And Rangers fan, Rangers fan friends of mine are like, I hate this team. I hate the Sabres. And it's because they can't watch the Rangers I'm anymore. They're like, I hate this so much. And I was like, blame your team yeah. for that. But um, the, the whole thing about not being a Sabres fan I, you know, I made it very clear. I've never been a Bills fan. Like yeah. people accept that. It's Bills watchers. Bills say every watcher, week. not a fan. But <laughs> like say that every week. <laughs> Sabres wise, though, I every now and again somebody will come up, either slide into the DMs or just come right in and be like, "Hey, how can you say th things like this about the Sabres? Aren't you a fan?" And I go, well, "I'm a fan of the sport." <laughs> like, no, weren't you a Sabres fan? And I go, "No." And they're like, I never have. I never was. And they're like, 
how can you how could you not be how can you not be a fan and cover the team? And I'm like, you'd be surprised how easy it is to do that. It for me, it would be so much more difficult to have grown up being a fan. This is why I give my my buddy Bill Hoppy a ton of credit mm. because he was a huge Sabres fan growing yeah. up, but he's sure. been able to park all of yeah. that. It's a really to, to be a really reporter. strong reporter. Mm -hmm. That is and, a good skill. Mm -hmm. I would struggle. And it's I, to be able to and he comes at it with that perspective of having knowing all about the past, everything that built into that, everything about that, and having that kind of like shape him as he's come up. But like he can be objective about what's going on. Mm -hmm. For me, it's just like I I don't have any entanglements. Yeah. The only entanglement I had with the Sabres was that the Red Wings made a pretty damn good trade with them to get Dominic Hasek yeah. from them for, for you know Slava Kozlov, which really sucked for Buffalo. But um, I mean, it, it's but it, you know, like once I started doing this professionally, when I started with NBC back in uh, 2010, 20, yeah, 2010, it was so easy for me to be like, all right, we're done here because that was now my job. I was able to be like, okay, I can be objective now. Now, I was, was a classic shit poster online like message boards and the whole thing back in the day if twitter was around in like 2005 or whatever Ooh. i'd probably be i probably wouldn't be hireable by anybody at this <laughs> point but um it, it's it's just it you know you grow up with that and you have that and it's you know you're able to shake that off pretty for me it was pretty easy i know for others it's it's either not as easy or they just choose not to and they're right. just kind of like nope i'm gonna lean into it which that's their choice that's what they want to do with it that's fine but um, for me, as like thinking about it as a journalist, you know, and I was a blogger for forever, and I still looked at it as a way to be. No, I can be professional about mm -hmm. this. I can be snarky. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be an asshole about mm -hmm. it though. Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. going to compare what I do to either what you do. You guys are doing what you do professionally. This is a podcast, and it's different. That said, it's content. We're all in the content world. Sure. Mm -hmm. Every week during Bill season, Joe and I will, will tape a show. And I at least, and you know this, I'll make mm -hmm. a concerted attempt early on to not let the Bills phantom in me come <laughs> out. Like if they play like shit, I'm yeah. trying to keep objective and stuff. And then 15 minutes in, I end up going You're on a tirade. <laughs> like the Sabres before, like two years ago. Joe will tell you. It's sad. I hated this team with every fiber oh, of my being no. two years like ago. like pulling teeth to have Pat talk about the Sabres. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, We'd be like five minutes left in the show. He's like, all right, let's talk about the Sabres. Oh, tell me what's going on. Two years ago. When they were like, oh, they've been bad for a long time. But two years ago, wow, they were really bad. I said, all right, time for some Sabres talk. I hit a sound effect of a toilet flushing. <gasps> and then I said, all right, that's enough Sabres talk for oh today. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Back in the days of Tage Thompson as a winger. <laughs> yeah. It was that bad. Back in the days of Tage Thompson as a Rochester Amherst. Tage Thompson as a taxi squad member. God. Oh, boy. Which was only... Yeah, right? Three years ago. Isn't that crazy? Not oh, how the turntables. Yeah. My it's goodness. <laughs> We are, we're here live at Imperial Pizza. Rachel, wanted to ask you a, a Bill's question. The uh, hot right. topic over the last handful of weeks has mm -hmm. definitely been DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. A lot of national people were reporting that the Bills were the favorite to land him. Um, recent reports, Tim Graham pointed out there from the owner's meeting that he has heard that the Bills are not even mm -hmm. close to trading for yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. I've heard similar things, of course, Tim sources are a lot better than mine. But anyway, is there anything you've heard? Do you get a sense that this is something that's going to happen or should the Bills be looking at wide receiver in a couple weeks? I lean no. I, I just think, truthfully, I, I think being said at best when they're not looking to make a Von Miller size splash this offseason, and right. that is equivalent, if not more, mm. than a bigger belly flop in the pool. I just I just don't see that philosoph philosophically. 
as necessary for them right now. And I don't think they're steering from that course, truthfully, as fun as it is, as much as, oh my gosh, Hop posted in Toronto the other day. Yeah. Let's go feral over it. Um, the Bills definitely feed that machine. And by the Bills, I mean the fandom mafia yeah. definitely feeds that machine. Mm -hmm. I truthfully don't see a reason for them to do it, so I don't think they're motivated to do it. Do you feel to some extent that the Super Bowl window to me, well, the last two years has been wide open, and I still feel like it's open right now, but it's like, if not now, when? You know, like how how many – the Bills are starting to lose. Like they lost Jermaine Edmonds this year. They might lose a couple. They're starting to lose good guys now for the first time. That didn't happen over – any free agent that they lost – until now, yeah. was somebody that they chose to let right, leave. Right. Now they wanted to keep Tremaine Edmonds, yep. and they couldn't make that work financially. Mm -hmm. I feel like, or do you feel like, if, if there's a, ever a time to go make a trade for a DeAndre Hopkins or one of the Denver receivers, sure. which is another, you know, Jerry Judy or Corlin mm -hmm. Sutton we're hearing a lot about, yep. or maybe even Odell Beckham Jr., who's still out there, is, is a free agent. You feel like, if, if not now, when? To go get a guy like I don't that. know that it's not necessarily if not now when I think the door is still open but like okay maybe the wind has creaked it a little bit I mm -hmm. think is the better you heard the little squeak and you turn around and realize you left the draft window wide open <laughs> um <laughs> at the end of the day this is something that mafia has to get used to experiencing obviously you had your drought years and now you've built a really good team but contracts expire guys yep. want to go get their business and I said from the beginning, Tremaine Edmonds, if he left, would be the biggest to walk away. I think that is the most impactful that they let him walk away of all sure. the free agents and guys that could have gone and got their money. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, a lot of people are excited that Poyer came back, and I do think he is somewhat of a glue guy in this locker room at this mm -hmm. point, um, in addition to what he does on the field, especially when he's healthy. But at the end of the day, I think Tremaine Edmonds is a really key loss. Were you a little surprised that he left? I mean, uh it was there was always a good chance that he would leave, but did you, did you think that the Bills would find a way to to work it out, or do you think that the money he got was just too much and it just didn't make economical sense to keep him? I think that they probably gave him a fair shot, but I think he knew with his age and the benefit of his age and where he was at on the roster that he knew it was the right time for him to pursue that business. And at the end of the day, people can have their team loyalties, but guys only have so many chances to pursue their paycheck. So and I think he knew that this was a really big window for him. He, with his age and the way his yeah. contracts line up, he is the lucky one that might have a couple opportunities to go after that window. Sure. But mm -hmm. truthfully, that's rare, if anything. Joe, we talked about um, earlier this week when it comes to the Bills, it's about role players right now mm -hmm. or upgrades. You know, not necessarily massive upgrades, but notable upgrades, adding the depth. But most importantly, and you still feel this way too, it's about the the players who were not healthy last year mm -hmm. getting healthy. Like a <laughs> hide. Like a hide, exactly. Jordan Boyer getting played. You know, he played through a lot of injuries last year. Yep. Trey White was a shell of himself yep. last year. It took a long time to get back, and he wasn't the same. Jordan Phillips, who the Bills just re-signed, he was hurt a lot of the year. Mm -hmm. Ed Oliver was banged up. But you keep going. Von Miller, obviously, the big one yeah. with the ACL. Yeah. You feel like Brandon Bean's strategy right now is – you know what? If our guys are all healthy, we're still one of the top two or three teams in the NFL. Let's just get healthier, which is a risk because these guys, as you said on Tuesday, yeah. they're not getting younger. Yeah, they're not getting younger, but that Bills defense was still extremely good last mm -hmm. season, even with everybody being injured. Sure. Different times of the season, you know, Trey White being not himself, mm -hmm. uh, being without Hyde for most of the season, Poyer getting banged up all year. Like, there were obvious issues. You know, they lose Miller halfway through the season. Um, but I think if you're counting on them to come back and like if they're not as good as they were, 
you're still bringing them back to a defense that was really good and, you know, came up small in some really big moments, obviously. But if they, if there's, if there's something to take away from that where maybe they, you know, they, losing can create a winning atmosphere eventually because you just get sick of it. Sure. I have to hope, you know, we're on three years in a row now of, not great getting close enough to taste it without actually getting to walk into the big stage yeah and like three years ago getting closer than they were yeah right and then right you know the last couple of years just having really bad i mean last year i don't know how to chalk up last year bad defense know. well bad offense last year too yeah but that's been the problem with this defense that you speak on they've been really good during the regular season but their losses the defense is literally imploded. Mm -hmm. um, before we take a quick break, Rachel and Joe and I talked about this earlier this week. Um, Tyler Dunn was on the show a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago, and he talked about he thinks a problem, well, not necessarily a problem, but he just pointed out that a lot of Bills fans, maybe some Bills media, maybe even the front office for all we know, that they put a lot of stock into what this team does during the regular season, and especially fans. This is mainly fans. And not enough and what they do in the playoffs. And he cited Tremaine Edmonds as an example. Tremaine Edmonds had a really good year last year, but you pop in that Cincinnati Bengals take, and he was getting bullied, literally yeah. bodied all over the field. Ed Oliver, too, completely disappeared in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Do you kind of agree with Ty where it's like, maybe this team's good enough, and, they, and they've been good enough now for long, that maybe the goalposts should be pushed back a little bit, that let's not, what they do in the regular season doesn't really mean much when you're getting completely dominated in the playoffs, at least defensively the last couple of years they have. For sure. Yeah, I, I do think I agree with Ty Dunn, but I don't fault Bills fans in any aspect right. of the organization for feeling that way because I do think those successes matter, especially when you're not used to stacking those. Yeah. It's important to not lose sight of that, but I do think it's okay to add or move some of the goalposts because, again, this is coming from a childhood where I was used to that minimum of making playoffs every year. Nothing less was acceptable, mm -hmm. let alone storming to the Super Bowl. And I came up in a fan base, and that is how I consume football of those types of standards. So it, it's interesting. I just think Bill's Mafia is in this growth period where you have to adapt and change that type of perspective mm -hmm. and what you're holding your team to on the field. And that just comes with consistency that – Unfortunately, last few years, the Bills have been consistent at where they're making it and where they're dropping it. Mm -hmm. So it comes with time. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. Come back live from Imperial Pizza. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're seeing everything live here on video. All right, we are back here live at Imperial Pizza. It's funny because great timing. So I got Rachel and Joe with me. And if you look around this really um, appealing restaurant here, you will see plenty of Patrick Kane. Oh, memorabilia. Yeah, I'm one, looking off two, the corner. One, two, three, I four. see four jerseys. Five. Make it five. Make it five jerseys hanging up. And a Tim Kennedy, too. And a Tim Another <laughs> South Buffalo guy. Yeah, South yeah. Buffalo guy, Tim Kennedy here at Imperial. All right, great timing because the New York Rangers, it still feels a little bit weird to yep. say that. The Rangers yeah. are Broadway this, Patty. So this brought the, the podcast version is actually dropping on Friday. So I'm going to say tonight okay. the Rangers are coming to town. Pat Gaines coming to town here. The big news, of course, is a certain goalie for the Buffalo Sabres is going to be making his uh, NHL debut. You guys both were at the rink on today, Thursday. Um, what was the sense that you got from being around the team and maybe talking to him or, or talking to Granado? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm sure I know fans are definitely looking very much forward to this. What's your sense right now? You're yeah. right on Donnie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny because I think everybody's been kind of like, all right, when's he going in? Yeah. You know, the second the contract was, you know, the paperwork was done and all that stuff, and he's been practicing, you're just kind of like, all right, when's the first game? I sent I, you I sent you a message Monday morning. I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I did. I said, it's Steve on playing. He goes, nope. And honestly, I, I think a lot of us thought Monday against Montreal was going yeah. to be the game. And yeah. if his paperwork had gotten approved maybe 12 yeah. hours sooner, yeah, maybe it would have been. But um, but it was it was time to get him in there. He's He hasn't played a game in two weeks. Yep. Two weeks About, now. Uh, yeah. Two actually, weeks tonight, I think. So his paperwork was signed two weeks. He signed the entry-level deal two weeks ago, today being Friday. So really, right. he hasn't played in about yesterday. three weeks. Uh, didn't he sign like a few days after Northeastern was bumped out, or did he wait a week? No, because they lost the weekend before. Okay. Yeah, right. it was a whole, it took crossed. the whole week. So yeah. they lost that Saturday. So, yeah. He didn't sign until the next Friday, which was two weeks ago today that this yep. is airing. So, yeah. so he hasn't say, played in three weeks. So yeah, three it's a long time. It is a long time. It's a long time. And, you know, practicing with as much as you can, morning skates, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mean, he's been the, taking shots. Yeah. And he took probably about an hour's worth of yeah. shots as soon as the, the immigration paper yeah. was done. He was eager. Uh, everybody, all the young guys in this team love hanging out on the ice well after practice is over, which uh, probably not good for some of us that need to, need to talk to somebody. Have deadlines. Group, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the sense has been like, let's get the first one out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it had to be soon because if we had gotten through this weekend and he hadn't played yet, it was like, well, they're going on the road. Yeah. So when's it, you know, when's it coming if ever? Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting because this team is still, still in the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, people, Mathematically you know, speaking. Right. And if he wins, people are going to be like, ride him yep. the rest of the way, play him every Absolutely. game. Sure. And, yeah. you know, I, I get that. But also it's like, it's a lot of work going from going and from zero, zero to a hundred in yeah. no time. And then a pressure of 12 years. You've got the pressure of yeah. an entire franchise of generations worth of fans riding on your shoulders. Now it's not to say Devin can't handle that. He is a right. kid that seeks out that pressure. Um, for those of you who may be watching or you, I'm assuming you didn't watch the bean pot tournament. 
you should expose yourself to it. <laughs> yes. Every New England hockey fan circles the first two Mondays of February on their calendar for the Beanpot Tournament, where BU, BC, Harvard, and UMass face off in a four-team tournament every year. And it's legendary. It's called the Stanley Cup of Boston. It's amazing. And Devin Levi propelled Northeastern to that this year. Yes, they've got a lot of sharp shooters and plenty of NHL talent on that team, but Devin Levi owned the crease, mm -hmm. won MVP, and that's not even what matters to him. Like, he was so big on the team win. It came down to the tournament's first ever shootout in its 47-year history. Long time. Yeah. Um, and he loved it. He hungered for that shootout. The second the time's running out, he's wiggling his glove on the ice. Mm -hmm. And I sat down with him. He said, I wanted the shootout. I wanted those guys to come yeah. up against me. He loves the high-pressure moments. Jerry Keefe, the uh, Northeastern head coach, will always say he is built for the big stage. Now, the big stage in the NCAA is a huge adjustment to the show, yes. to the national. And that is a lot of pressure that nobody should be putting on him right now but he's hungry. He has been sitting and how he said it to mm -hmm. us the other day, you can't keep the beast tamed for too long. Yeah, he is line. hungry. It's been 21 <laughs> days for him yeah. without true game action. He's going to be an eager beaver out there ready mm -hmm. to go. And I think that alone is really firing up the rest of this locker room to chase what they can. If you're Granado, both this is a question for both of you. Is this the game that he goes in? If you're the one making the call? Yeah, I think so. I think if the paperwork had been different, I think it would have been a wonderful experience to throw him in against mm. his hometown Montreal Canadiens at home. He's still going to have tons of friends and family. Oh, yeah. Other Huskies are coming to town, mm -hmm. um, just like they went to Philly for Hunter. Yep. There, there's going to be a huge traveling troop of Devin Levi supporters. Um, I've already seen some people with jerseys on Twitter. Yep. And you know what? Like, raise them high. And to educate everyone, there's already some slogans out there to support Devin that Northeastern fans, as they call themselves, the doghouse, have put out there. The posters I saw, Stairway to Devin. Like that. It's That's good. That's good. And Master Levi, he's a Star Wars fan. Oh, wow. So okay. gets a, now that goes with the saber swords. Like everything is kind of clicking. I've forgotten that. And it's probably a good thing that I did because I would sit down with him for about five hours. Yeah, talking you Star do Wars. that when I'm not in the room. Thank you. <laughs> Take your own one on one. Sabres will have to drag me out of the room. Be like, all right, enough of the nerd stuff, guys. Like, let's go. Right. Since it couldn't be the Canadians, I do think this is the best situation yeah. to follow. I don't think throwing him out in Philly would have been great. I think the Florida opportunity could have been cool. He was drafted by the Panthers, has a deep relationship with Still Luongo. Still could happen. Right. And, and there is that sort of revenge game. And, yeah. right, given the fact that he's used to an NCAA schedule, mm. he would be totally fine to go in that oh, Panthers yeah. game. So maybe he would. I do just think getting the jitters out of the way before yeah. that would be great to do at Key Bank Center a Friday night. You'll get a decent crowd yep. and you get the excitement of what's going on. Oh yeah. He'll, he'll get a sellout crowd. Yeah. Rangers games. The two previous ones this season have been packed houses. Yeah. Bonker bonkers atmosphere. All the, all the UB students, Buff State students yeah. from downstate yeah, show up in the, in the Savannah Jad jerseys. That's what I've been jerseys. learning. So many Savannah Jad jerseys. DJ, DJ Z bad, you know, oh, it's God. DJ Mika, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, this situation, I mean, this is this is the bright lights. The, mm -hmm. the only question I had was whether or not home would be too much of a spotlight sure. because it's you know again the pressure of the fan base. Mm -hmm. People have been yelling to pull them out of college halfway through the season. Everything. Yeah. That maybe it would be too much because you know again we'll be a sellout. We'll be the Rangers. Yeah. Rangers are a top five team in the NHL. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a bit much. Mm -hmm. Then I thought about it like putting him on the road in Philly. Well, historically this season, not great, not, not great there, but also Philly fans yeah. who are already pissed off about how bad the team is. Mm -hmm. Anybody there is going to be a very hardened, diehard 
Flyers fan that was just going to hate everything. Plus, they played like shit against Philly. They've been awful against Philly. That, so they played great against the Rangers, but they've been horrible against Philadelphia. Now, I don't think they're going to be as bad this time around. A yeah. lot of practice today looked like they were hungry. doing stuff that, well, hungry, yes, but and. also training to deal with yeah. what the Flyers do, yeah. the tort style yeah. of hockey. So mm -hmm. it looked like they were like, Listen, we played two games against these guys. We should have beaten them right. both times. We've watched let's enough not, tape. Yeah, let's not screw this up. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, I mean, this, this is for a team at this stage in the season where it's, you know, playoffs are, you know, like a 5% shot. I thought it was six. Five, six. Yeah, you know, Cite it correctly. Yes, listen, you know, Mike, Micah's odds. Oh, yeah, changed, I thought it was six. Changed by the hour. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it, this is as big a stage as he's going to get. So let him have it. Let yep. him shine and like let, Let's see what he can do. Yeah. I tell you what, practice today, they were doing the mini three-on-threes, which mm -hmm. they do in like a very cramped space. And some of the saves, I mean, again, it's against your teammates. They want to score on you really bad. Sure. You know, the guys are going hard, but not like psycho hard. Yeah. He was making some stops where I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. all, all right, buddy, okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's Comrie and Lukanen on the other end, and it's Levi just, you know, playing in the one net. And he was just going... Hard. Now he wasn't doing, he wasn't going full Hashik Miller where he's screaming and being pissed off if he gives up a yeah. goal, but like he was going all out to stop everybody. And I'm like, okay, this guy's ready. Mm -hmm. I, uh, <laughs> I was laughing because Rachel was, um, you were talking about slogans when you said Master Levi yeah. and being a Buffalo guy, the slogans that I'm used to are collapse for Connor oh, or, man. or move over for McDavid. Stairway oh, no. to Devin could have worked if they needed to tank for it, but they got him in a trade, so they yeah. didn't need to. And but maybe you can ride the stairway to Devin to the playoffs. Yeah, and it comes out of the basement, the seventh round pick. You All know, right. like out of the basement. It's it's the that's the most amazing part of it is that Florida picked him up late in the seventh because mm -hmm. Luongo was like, "Hey, this guy could be pretty good. Right. You might want to get him." Yep. Right. And they did, and then they traded him like within a year later. It's, it's really crazy. I, I just I wonder internally at just how Florida feels now, and yeah. and this couldn't be happening at a better time for the Sabers, who were already having somewhat of a goalie competition, of course. But mm -hmm. obviously, there is incoming a transition of eras with yeah. Anderson's career on the back end. Um, it's just it it's something to be excited about. And I hope fans are really excited to watch a, a wonderful, smart kid. An insanely talented goaltender who has worked to overcompensate, only being six mm -hmm. feet, pours in so much work, uses virtual reality tools to up mm -hmm. his game. Like, is really so obsessed with the game and his craft. He's a, he's a he's a nerd from pop culture to like the, the game itself. Mm -hmm. The guy is so into it, and he's what a computer science major mm -hmm. too. So yep, like at Northeastern. So yeah. So I mean, he's 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 baked into like doing everything the the heady way. And mm -hmm. you know what? Not a lot of goalies are fun to watch. He is. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of casual Sabres fans out there that don't watch too many games mm -hmm. that need a reason to watch them. And, I, and, I and he's it. He's this is going to be a, he's going to be a reason for sure to watch. Another guy is Tage Thompson is a reason to watch Sabres hockey. He's mm -hmm. trying to battle back from an injury. Go by the lines on Thursday. Middlestead was up in his spot. That's the way it was on Monday as well. If Tage can go. Uh, against the Rangers tonight, tomorrow night, I guess depending on when you're watching or, <laughs> or listening to this. Who's coming out of the lineup? I've seen Greenway. Is it mm -hmm. Greenway? Now, we were talking about earlier this week on the podcast, mm -hmm. Lucas yeah. Rusek, who, I mean, that question was already answered. Yeah. He got sent back down. We both thought that maybe he deserved yeah. another look. Didn't happen for now anyway, but if, if Dage plays, who do you think's out? Uh, I think the, the I think the easy answer is Olofsson. 
um, because Middlestad will go back to his spot yeah. on that line. Yeah. And because he'll slide into the spot Rusek was in. Olsen comes out. Tage goes into that spot. Am I yeah. missing some? Am I missing a No, a I don't spot? think so. Because remember, Greenway's been out. He's been out. He's right. been out. So as of now, we Samuelson and Greenway are still not back in the lineup, obviously. Yeah. Now, that could also change by the time people are listening to this in the morning. Yeah. Which would ruffle things, but no. Yeah, I think I think if it's just the straight swap for Rusek for Thompson, then nobody comes out. Yeah. But if they want to get Greenway involved, yeah. then yeah. things get interesting because fans are already frustrated with Greenway because right. he's I think he played banged up for a couple of games. He was definitely hurt right. for one of them. Um, and he hasn't looked like the guy that they wanted yeah. to bring in. Like he hasn't been the physical, you know, menacing presence around around the ice. No, they're not asking him to take guys' heads off, but like hard in the corners, hard on the ice, all that yeah. stuff. Uh, but he hasn't been able to do that yet. Uh, and a lot of his other game hasn't really clicked yet. He's brand new. He's practiced, what, three, you know, three four times total since the trade deadline. Sure. Um, it is hard when yeah. you're a trade deadline acquisition and the trend, especially for the Sabres. But this does happen around the league is the second the second half or even the final third of the season is just mm. such a cramped schedule. It's, that assimilation is much different than oh, yeah. if you're starting out in September. Let me ask one more Sabres question, and then I got a couple random questions that oh, I did not even right, tell boy. you guys about. Oh. So, He's got these written know, down. I always, I'm worried. Well, because I'll yeah. forget. No, but that's not – well, I got something else. I got a stat written down. That's why I, <laughs> I need to read from. Darren Drager uh, reported that uh, it's likely Ryan Johnson. He made it sound like it was likely. He didn't come out and say that Ryan Johnson is going to sign. Obviously, that would be a good development. Beyond the rest of this season, going into the summer – <laughs> you're good. You're good. Don't worry about it. Somebody's I look better in darkness, anyways. <laughs> Actually, it doesn't look too bad right now. <laughs> Number anyways, one again, audience member, anything can happen. The light. This is definitely the night here at Imperial Pizza where <laughs> weird things are happening. Somebody knocked up a Listen, light. The beers over. are flowing great, okay? <laughs> anyway, defensively, going into the summer, I wanted to read some stats that I got off on Stat Leaks. 29th in goals against this year. Now, obviously, the offense is Stat Leaks. Shout better. out to Megan Chica. Right. Yeah, shout out to Megan. Mm -hmm. Awesome work. 29th in goals against, 29th in expected goals against 29th and scoring chances against dead last and rush scoring chances against dead last and odd man rushes mm -hmm. against that, that was a good stat board post. i mean it's not yeah. really a question as much as a statement to yeah. you that you guys can comment on but it's got to be the top priority this this summer in terms of maybe personnel or something to, to find another defenseman or two maybe because offensively the team looks good the gold setting looks like it could be in pretty good hands. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But the defense, I mean, those I just read out the numbers. Yeah. Those are not pretty. I mean, that's definitely their weakest area right now. I also think it's been an area that they have been thinner in terms of prospects and development. Mm. Obviously, they're flush with forwards. Yes. Um, Rochester's overflowing with talent that should be getting mm. NHL minutes at this point. But at the end of the day, yeah, I, if the Ryan Johnson thing comes to fruition, I think yeah. that will help. You also got to look at situations where Matias Samuelson, who is a real glue guy and does have such an impact on the team, has been in and out all year with injuries. And that, I think, in hindsight, we've realized has really affected their schemes more than yep. we would have thought, given his on-ice production in the first place. So I think there have just been inconsistencies. You've had guys like Owen Power, who I just spoke with today, and has had to get used to not just the increased workload, but is also adjusting from an NCAA schedule mm -hmm. to a full 82 of a chaotic schedule and it's just yeah. it does take some of these guys not he is performing he's as of now still tied with jake sanderson for points mm -hmm. uh with rookie defensive with 29 points this year which is like wow mm -hmm. look at what they're producing but 
it's the consistency that needs to be ironed out. And I do think obviously bringing in some talent can help that. I also think that stuff just comes with time. Yeah. Yeah. No, time, time is the biggest healer, especially with a team full of young guys. Uh, Because again, these guys, we saw a quote from uh, Calgary defenseman Rasmus Anderson a few weeks ago where he talked about the experience of being in and out of the lineup as a young guy. And he's like, listen, every young guy should have to like get paced out this way Mm -hmm. because the change from either playing in Europe, playing in juniors, playing in college Mm -hmm. to the, to the pro schedule is such a vast difference. And like those leagues are playing 40 to 60 games tops. NHL, you're playing 82 Mm -hmm. and some of them are even in the A from coming up to the NHL. I mean, they're used to playing Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Now they're playing Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday. Like it's, it's a constant rotation of minutes. So, uh, you know, there's, so if you see a guy have an off night, like a Quinn has an off night, or even a cousin, like Cousins is still young, but like he's still kind of new to this too. Uh, or you know, Paterka or Power, like these guys have off nights. It's like, well, yeah, that's part of that's part of the update. That's part of the adjustment. Mm-hmm. Bringing in a guy like Ryan Johnson, who I think once Ryan Johnson took a look at the depth chart on defense of this team, he's like, oh no, I can be on this team tomorrow. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he saw, saw that and was like, well, mm-hmm. there's no other team that's going to provide me like an, an no instant right. He, path. he can look at this, and that is the great thing about how the transition from the NCAA to the NHL works when you compare it to NFL rookies and the teams they get drafted mm-hmm. to, they can't control those opportunities. It is a little more in the hands of the players when they get to control that sort of entry-level timeline. Oh, yeah. And circling back, because I went way off on a tangent there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I just I, I, was, I was building off what you said. I was like, yeah, no, this is great. Yeah. Let's add to it. Um, the defensive side of things, Donnie's said all, like, geez, since he was hired, he wants to coach an exciting brand of hockey, which – he does. Yep. It's 100% exciting. And Every when this team is going, it's exciting. Yes. The defense takes time, though, with mm-hmm. young guys. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Cousins, that part of his game yep. has gotten a lot stronger. Absolutely. He's already been a great puck possession guy. You know, I was telling people you know, last season, his entries, his you know, possession, shot possession, yep. all that stuff was great. So the puck wasn't going in the net. Yep. And you know, his line mates weren't scoring either. Now he's scoring. Right. His line mates are scoring. And right. his line mates are in their first season. So... Think about next year yeah. when Jack Quinn is like, oh, hey, this team's better when I shoot more. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. Paterka has no qualms about shooting. It's mm-hmm. great. Exactly. I love to see that. Yeah. But, you know, when you got Quinn in the two-on-one and he's kind of like, no, I can dip this over here. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll look really cool. It's like, no, dude, rifling it over the goalie's yeah. shoulder is really cool. And the fact <laughs> but, that we're yeah. even at the point where these guys are starting to learn from the experience they're banking because he's developing a two-way game. It's, mm-hmm. it's just... These things are so awesome to see, and I know everybody's so hungry. Mm-hmm. But development doesn't happen overnight, and sure. development doesn't stop when you make it to the show. Development does not stop when you enter the national, especially when you've got the youngest team in the league. It only deepens and heightens their ceiling yep. when they're doing it properly and biding their time. And that frustration from fans, I get because they've been sold a bad bill of goods for the last many right. years, seven, right. eight years, being like. Years. We're going to get McDavid. Yep. We're going to get Eichel. They're yep. going to change everything. Oh, we got Reinhardt. It's going to fix everything. You know, Aristolainen is going to be our, yep. you know, our king defenseman forever. And it's like, they promised this every year. And it was like, don't worry, guys. We got this figured out. And it never happened. So I get it. And this goes back to like the season tickets, you know, going away, people not buying them. It's all part of the, it's all part of the same thing. But now it's like, oh, it's close. We're right there. Let's get in the playoffs. And then I'm, I'm back in, baby. And then it's like, well, if they miss this year, that doesn't negate you know, it doesn't, the, eons and leaps of progress that this team and, right. and franchise has and made also, this year. It also doesn't mean 
they're not going to they're, they're going to miss next year and the next right. 10 years beyond this right like, this is the first step sure and like i get it it's hard to buy into that because everything else it's hard to buy into that but like i think all of us can say trust us when we say it's going to be better it's going to be even better yeah. next year right as people fortunate to be in that room almost every day mm -hmm. i it's just seeing what this organization is building itself upon should give every sabers fans genuinely as someone who loves hockey genuinely something to cheer for yeah and it's <laughs> the thing that gets me though is that we get sold that same thing to media like yeah. they, they tell us what they think you know it's always what the company line is and each time we we're just kind of like i don't know if i buy into this one i don't know well let's see what happens and then you see what go with the machinations in the room how things play out on the ice you see how guys in practice maybe not maybe not listen to the coach or just kind of not paying attention to anything and just kind of like saying yeah it. right like, i've covered teams that are not in it i mean I, I used to cover the washington commanders you know in 16 17 18. um I, i've seen I've seen coaches who don't have a room. Right. That mm -hmm. could not be further from the truth in what Granado has yeah. in the Sabres locker room. Well, with the Sacramento Kings making the playoffs in the NBA, <laughs> the Sabres are days of the <laughs> days of the Sabres. Here. The Sabres, the Sabres like are the probably very likely days away from time. The New York Jets now for the longest yeah. drought of yeah. any sports team in all four major pro <laughs> sports. But to your point, exciting it's an exciting time. Better days do appear yeah. ahead. It's tough to sell yeah. a bill of goods, like you said, but I agree with both of you. I, I think better days are ahead, but I do have to throw that out there, man. The bills are about to, yeah. but the Sabres are about to join some I, really dubious yeah. company right now. If there's a way to like calm people's minds about this, and it won't calm people's minds about it, they've already set the record for longest drought in the in NHL yeah. history yeah, for they're most about, years without yeah. playoffs. Right. Everything else doesn't matter. Yeah, right? they're they're about, in their sport, they're already like the longest <laughs> out. Like, Who gives a cares about the jets who cares about the who cares about the lions nobody cares about those teams yeah they're about to extend their own record but anyway let's the paper get, let's get on some fun facts everything <laughs> i like doing these so we'll end with a couple random questions in fact i, I remember this when i had you on last year i remember a couple fun facts i learned about rachel your first crush aaron carter true your first, your first crush true obsessed with bruce springsteen music true. So, i'm seeing him next week where in Baltimore. I'm oh, seeing nice, Bruce nice. on tour. Oh, it's going to be the highlight of my that life. Is, that, that is awesome. Yep. First question, <laughs> assuming I, I have, this is probably just for Joe. I, I don't remember you saying that you were a wrestling fan. No. No. That's for Joe. So the first That's one, Joe. the first one's just, just for like, Joe. where's my I don't well, buy theater tickets I'll, like I'll, that. I'll, I'll go ask, to Shays. I don't this, need to go to I'll the I'll ask this one quickly because this is WrestleMania weekend coming yep. up. What's your favorite WrestleMania moment or match? Oh, of all of them. For me, it's the the when I was a kid. I was a very young kid. It's WrestleMania three. I think it was Hogan, Andre, the Silver Dome. It's sure. 70, 70,000 plus people. Like that was that was it. And like that, I remember my dad ordering the pay per view for us. And then like there was some like bad match coming up. And I was like, I was like, I'll go, you know, I was like, I forget how I was young. I was single digits age. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna go, you know, grab a toy or something like that. My dad's like, no, we paid a lot of money for this to town and watch. I was like, okay. And like that whole night was great, but everything about it was about Andre and, and Hogan. And like that one sticks out to me most because it's it's like the first one you see. Sure. You know, I didn't see one or two. I didn't see either of those. Um, but three was like when I was I was into it, you know, as a Hogan fan as a kid. So it was like it was really cool and macho man, like all the you know, all those guys, you know, uh um Ricky Steamboat, like you know, everybody in that group yeah. is like really cool to watch and that one sticks out to me there's a i mean i've seen a bunch of them but a lot of the memories just don't 
stand out. So, uh, bad matches stand out. Yeah. You know, ho- uh, Goldberg against Lesnar is like yeah. an all time awful. I was there for that highlight mm-hmm. match. Like, it was horrible. But My, yeah. yeah. So I, it, like that, that's the big one for me. Mine was 18 in Toronto. I was there in the crowd. Oh, yeah. Rock against Hogan, just the mm-hmm. crowd, not the match itself, just the crowd went yeah. crazy. It turned. Didn't expect that. All right. Next question. This is for both of you. You'd have to throw away your maybe your career, what you're doing. Now. In fact, you definitely would because if you could be a GM of any team in any sport, who would you want to be the general manager of? It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be hockey. It could be any sport. Pick a team. It would definitely be hockey. Pick a team that you want to be a GM um, of. Um, that is a good question. I don't know what even what factors would lend me to make that. I think uh, it's just easy for me to pick a sport. I'd love – I mean, I don't aspire to this for myself, but if I had to be a general manager, I did work in um, hockey analytics and cap space for a while. So on the legal side of things, and I, I very enjoyed that part of my career. So uh, if it had to be for a sport, I enjoyed working that in hockey. Um, but I mean, there's guys like, you look at talented teams like the Bruins this year and everything mm. they're achieving. I still don't envy Cam Neely's position. No. But because there are a lot of other things a GM does other than assemble a team. Right. Um. I think I don't I don't know if I could really choose. I I would want it to be a market that cares, maybe not a market that's in the middle of being sold like Ottawa or in a transition phase or in a tough to sell hockey market. That for me is hard. I don't know if I could run hockey in Dallas yeah. or Nashville or something like that. While those markets are awesome and there's so much to talk about in that fan base, I think I, I would need a more traditional hockey market. For me, that's where mm-hmm. my passion from the game came from. But I don't know if I could really narrow that down. Yeah, I, I'm torn between being a baseball GM and a hockey GM. And I, I was thinking about this. Some part of me want would want the smoke of being the GM of the Flyers. Like, I mean, that's that's asking you for you take that smoke, Joe. That's asking for the flamethrower. That's not just smoke. Yeah. Uh, because that's it's a team desperate for a title. Never mind playoffs, all that stuff. Like they they haven't won a cup since mm-hmm. the 70s. You know, they've been teased with cup final appearances in 97, 2010, all that stuff. Like that's interesting. Like the fan base is rabid. It's a very interesting situation there. Mm-hmm. But then there's a place like Columbus. Columbus has never had great management. You know, they've had a handful of playoff teams. They pulled off one of the biggest upsets in playoff history a few years ago, beating sweeping sweeping Tampa as the eight seed. Um, but that's a market that loves that team. It's hard to notice because it's Columbus, Ohio. Ohio State dominates everything. Uh, but it's a it, it's a really strong, good hockey market. But it's never been consistent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. that's a place where if you got. I mean, consistent, look, you got Johnny, and what else is around him? Yeah, you got Johnny and Line and yeah, uh, Zach Wierenski. He's you know, but like you don't have a lot to work with no. there. But you add a couple of people. Like if they get Connor Bedard, Blue Jack is going to be pretty freaking fun to everything. watch. Like Changes that's that's going to be a to really have fun one team. more explosive piece in there. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're just that far off from at least being able to build consistently. Yeah. So I yeah that. That's a situation that really appeals to me because I think you could have a lot of fun with it uh, and be able to mold it the way you really want to. Philly, you're kind of stuck with parts of the past that people still want. Like you still have to have some guy out there that's going to hammer everybody. Can you hear the music on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, a little oh, bit. Sick. Very little. And uh, oh, bartenders dancing. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I am vibing. They played this at the uh, halftime show at Ford Field this year, and I was having a ball. Let me tell you. <laughs> Wait, which game? Oh God! The first or second one I went to within four days at Ford Field. Uh, this month, this was the Thanksgiving one, the okay. BB Rex halftime show. Gotcha. Yep. Uh, all right. Two more questions here. Let's say we were all really talented uh, musically. 
and we were going hey, I played to piano for a few years. Well, then you might <laughs> be giving away out of point. Then you might be giving away your answer because my my question was: If you we could join a band right now, if you could okay. join a band, go on tour, a successful band, whether it's you're joining a band that's already successful, okay. or you start your own that becomes successful, and you could do anything, whether whether it was singing, keyboards, guitar, drums. What what would you want to do in mm. the band? Lead guitarist, man. Yeah, like that's, you want to be the guy. Yeah, like like a, a singer is, is cool. Like that's that's yeah. that's really like you're out front and center. You got to do all that yeah. stuff. But lead guitarist, you can you can be also out front and center, not really have to sing, and then when no, it's, you've got your own groupies, right? That <laughs> sure, you've got that you too. Do. Then probably you know also hyper nerd dudes that love you know crazy guitarists, yeah, yeah. which is weird. But whatever, it comes um, with it. But then like it's like time for a solo. You can just do whatever the hell you want to do. And just as long as it sounds great, people yeah. are into it, man. Like that's, and like, you know, you get a chance to solo and do that. And like the whole yeah. crowd's into it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you hand it off and they take a break and just kind of just do whatever. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, lead guitar would be the way to go. What about you, Rach? Um, I enjoyed playing the piano. Like I could definitely do something like that, but uh, I think I'm too loud to not be a singer. I'm not saying I'm a good <laughs> singer, but like if I had the opportunity to do that and it was a talent of mine, Sure. I mean, I do karaoke with my friends all the time. I'm always blasting music at volume 30 in my car, like <laughs> screaming, singing. So that's just fun to me. And I, think I that would totally be my could see you being a front woman. <laughs> I could totally see you being a front woman. I think that's the energy. Yeah. <laughs> so I just can't avoid that. I'm not saying I'm good. Don't ask me to sing. But um, that, that's just, I think, the type of character I'd be. Yeah. All right. I, I agree with that for you. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Last, last question here. So the Sabres are playing the Rangers tonight, and, yeah. and both of you are in the lineup. Now you're playing hockey. You're not, you're not covering the team anymore. Crap. Now okay. you're both oh. playing, all right? You got your gear on. I don't reverse hit you you're, like that. You're out, there, you're out there on the ice, and you score a goal. I, my question oh, for both of you is, I, what, yes. what's your goal this song? Good what is your, what's your goal, goal song? song. Okay. I want to know what your goal song is. Yep. A two-parter. I want to know your goal song, yep. and I also want to know among the Sabres, what's your favorite one currently? Um, this is literally so easy to me. My goal song my entire life will have always been Fireman by Lil Wayne. Okay. And the sirens come up, and I'm not going <laughs> to imitate the rest of the song, but it, it's the beginning, and it's great. That is always will have been my goal song. Second runner-up, Stunting by Danica looked at me and I got <laughs> flustered because she knows what I'm about to say. <laughs> Stunting like my daddy by Lil Wayne. That's it. Okay. Just That is my genre of celebration uh favorite goal song of on the sabers this year i am so disappointed we haven't been able to hear gummy bear in person yet mm -hmm. otherwise uh, i've gotten used to tage thompson sending us fishing in a creek yeah. like and we've just heard <laughs> it so often that i don't know that i would have picked that out the gate that was not the minus 110 no. favorite for me nope. but it's almost become a comfort at this point yeah to hear it i'm like ah the world is spinning on his axis again so key bank center is fishing in a creek Mine, uh, I'm picking this because the Sabres started using it as a victory. They used it as a victory song. I think it was last season. It's Rick James, Give It To Me. Yeah. Uh, nice. That yep. song is friggin' awesome. And like when they started using it as like a like the skate off wave to the fan song, yeah. I was like, dude, Buffalo guy, great song. Like just it's funky. It's great. It's cool. Awesome. <laughs> like I love that. Yeah. Second place would be Party All the Time by Eddie, Eddie love Murphy. That song. Because that would be just completely stupid. Yeah. Um, my buddies and I used to do we we used to do like we called it Major League Wiffle Ball. Yeah. It was just us, just neighborhood idiots, and we had a webpage or whatever. But like we all had like walk-up music because you know, like our buddy's sister would like play the music sure. for us and whatever. 
And my 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 best friend, had, like his array of songs were all songs done by celebrities from the 80s. So like Heartbeat by Don Johnson mm-hmm. was one of his walk-up songs. Eddie Murphy was one of those. And I'm like, I don't know. You could probably pick any one of those songs. And yeah. I'd be very okay, be with, very okay with that because it would just be so stupid and so great. People would be like, what's wrong with this guy? And I'd be like, yep, hi, I scored. <laughs> um, favorite on the team? It's Tuck. It's DMX. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and it's a good one. It's fun. It's, it's, it's the also vibe. Make, it also makes me laugh because it's censored for very good reasons. Yeah. But you'll catch me if they ever cut to me in the press box when he scores. You'll catch me saying MSG all the words. On, oh, yeah. I'll be saying all the words to it. I'll be like, and yeah. Matt Fairburn can like can uh, confirm this for me. I think Heather could too, but yeah. Matt definitely knows that I do yeah. this. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely sing along to it and I say the words that are bleeped out right honorable mention though and this isn't his official goal song but i'm trying to convince him to change it riley stillman scored his first at a oh, sa- yeah. as a saber the other week and mm-hmm. key bank center played levels by vici i as the last year of millennial was hype that's like everything to me in college <laughs> but i asked him and followed up he was like no that's not my goal song but i did like it maybe i'll just keep it for the rest of the year i said us millennials appreciated it reminded me of the days of dancing on a table uh-huh. i'm not doing that in the press box but it, it was a good vibe <laughs> What did he say his song was? He just hadn't picked one yet. Okay. So, and for good reason, I guess. Um, but that happened with other guys too, where that happened with Greenway when they came in. That's right. And I was like, oh my God, did you pick Waka Flocka? It's a party for your goal song. And he was like, no, they just played that. I was like, well, sick choice. Let's just <laughs> keep the vibes going. So whoever is picking those last minute goal songs, good on them. Because yeah. so far, I think they've matched pretty well. <laughs> they, they figured out what the vibe of the team is. Right. Honestly, right. like in the past, I could not say that that was the case, but it's it's nice to see that that's yeah. the case now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that is going to do it. A big thank you once again, Imperial Pizza, 1035 Abbott Road consistent man that's just the word i'm always going to come back to with this place good solid consistent wings pizza fingers subs you name it big thank you of course to both joe and rachel make sure you follow them on twitter i got all that stuff in the show notes check rachel out on spectrum it's so awesome to finally meet you in person i'm so happy to be here thanks for having me out Joe, I have every single week. Oh, it's good to be together with you. (laughs) Thank you a lot. Sorry about, like I said, if you were watching the stream early on, sorry about what happened. But all in all, a good show. A great night. Thank you guys very much. And again, thank you, Imperial Pizza. Talk to you later. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.